Hello, Wild Wanders, and welcome to our wicked window of the internet. Won't you pour yourself a cup of your best tea, light a candle to stave away the darkness, and cozy up as we tell you a story? Wittershins is a weekly podcast where we will dive into dusty bookshelves and winding darkened pathways looking to stories from folklore, fairy tales, mythology, legend, and beyond. We are accompanied by our trusted bard and guitarist, Joe Saborin, who will be live composing for us as our characters find their way out of the thickets and snarls of their tales. My name is Ashley Nunez, and I will be your narrator to peer over bough and branch, following our heroes and foes into far distant lands, both familiar and unknown. Let us begin Once Upon a Time. Bremen Town Musicians by the Brothers Grimm. A certain man had a donkey which had carried the corn sacks to the mill for many a long year, but his strength was going and he was growing more and more unfit for work. Then his master began to consider how he might best save his keep, but the donkey, seeing that no good wind was blowing, ran away and set out on the road to Bremen. There he thought. I can surely be a town musician. When he'd walked some distance, he had found a hound lying on the road, gasping like one who had run till he was tired. What are you gasping so for, you big fellow? asked the donkey. Ah, replied the hound, as I am old and the daily grow weaker, and I no longer can hunt, my master wanted to kill me. So I took to fight, but now how am I to earn my keep? tell you what, said the donkey, I'm going to Bremen and shall be town musician there. Go with me and engage yourself also as a musician. I will play the lute, and you shall have beat of the kettle drum. The hound agreed, and on they went. Before long, they came to a cat sitting on the patch, with a face like three rainy days. Now then, old shaver, what has gone askew with you? asked the donkey. Who can be merry when his neck is in danger? answered the cat. Because I am getting old and my teeth are worn to stumps, I prefer to sit by the fire and spin rather than hunt about after mice. My mistress wanted to drown me, so I ran away. But now good advice is scarce. Where am I to go? Go with us to Bremen. You understand night music, so you can be a town musician. The cat thought well of it and went with them. After this, the three fugitives came to a farmyard where the cock was sitting upon the gate, crowing with all his might. Your crow goes through and through, said the donkey. What is the matter? I have been foretelling fine weather because it is the day on which Our Lady washes the Christ child's little shirts and wants to dry them, says the cock, but... Guests are coming for Sunday, so the housewife has no pity and has told the cook that she intends to eat me for the soup tomorrow. And this evening, I am to have my head cut off. Now I am crowing at the top of my lungs while I still can. 
but Redcomb, said the donkey, you'd better come away with us. We're going to Bremen. You can find something better than death everywhere. You have a good voice. And if we make music together, it must have some quality. The cock agreed to this plan, and all four went on together. They could not reach the city of Bremen in one day, however. And in the evening, they came to a forest where they meant to pass the night. The donkey and the hound laid down under a large tree. The cat and the cock settled themselves on the branches. But the cock flew right to the top, where he was most safe. Before he went to sleep, he looked around on all four sides and thought he saw in the distance a little spark burning. So he called out to his companions that there must be a house not far off where he saw a light. The donkey said, if so, we had better get up and go on, for the shelter here is bad. The hound thought, too, that a few bones with some meat on it would do him good. So they made their way to the place where the light was, and soon saw it shine brighter and grow larger, until they came to a well-lighted robber's house. The donkey, as the biggest, went to the window and looked in. "'What do you see, my gray horse?' asked the cock. "'What do I see?' answered the donkey. "'A table covered with good things to eat and drink, and robbers sitting at it enjoying themselves.' "'That would be the sort of thing for us,' said the cock. "'Yes, yes, uh, if only we were there,' said the donkey. "'Then the animals took counsel together "'how they should manage to drive away the robbers, "'and at length they thought of a plan. "'The donkey was to place himself "'with his forefeet upon the window ledge. "'The hound was to jump on the donkey's back. "'The cat was to climb upon the dog. "'And lastly, the cock was to fly up "'and perch on the head of the cat.' When this was done, at a given signal, they began to perform their music together. The donkey brayed, the hound barked, the cat meowed, and the cock crowed. Then they burst through the window into the room, shattering the glass. At this horrible din, the robbers sprang up, thinking no otherwise than that a ghost had come in and fled in a great fright out into the forest. The four companions now sat down at the table, well content with what was left, and ate as if they were going to fast for a month. As soon as the four minstrels had done, they put out the light and each sought for himself a sleeping place according to his nature and to what suited him. The donkey laid himself down upon some straw in the yard, the hound behind the door, the cat upon the hearth near the warm ashes, and the cock perched upon the beam on the roof, being tired from their long walk. They soon went to sleep. When it was past midnight, and the robbers saw from afar that the light was no longer burning in their house, and all appeared quiet. The captain said, We ought not to have let ourselves be frightened out of our wits, and ordered one of them to go and examine the house. The messenger, finding all still, went into the kitchen to light a candle, and taking the glistening, fiery eyes of the cat for live coals, he lit a lucifer match to light them. But the cat did not understand the joke and flew in his face, spitting and scratching 
He was dreadfully frightened and ran back to the door, but the dog, who lay there, sprang up and bit his leg, and as he ran across the yard by the dunghill, the donkey gave him a smart kick with his hind foot. The cock, too, who had been awakened by the noise, had become lively, cried down from the beam, Cock-a-doodle-doo! Then the robber ran back as fast as he could to his captain and said, Ah, there was a horrible witch sitting in the house who spat on me, scratched my face with her long claws, and by the door stands a man with a knife who stabbed me in the leg. Then in the yard there lies a black monster who beat me with a wooden club, and above upon the roof sits the judge who called out, Bring the rogue here to me, and I got away as well as I could. After this, the robbers never again dared to enter the house. But it suited the four musicians of Bremen so well that they did not care to leave it anymore. And the mouth of him who last told this story to me is still warm. The Boy Who Drew Cats, translated by Lafcadio Hearn. A long, long time ago, in a small country village in Japan, there lived a poor farmer and his wife, who were very good people. They had a number of children and found it very, very hard to feed them all. The elder son was strong enough when only 14 years old to help his father, and little girls learned to help their mother almost as soon as they could walk. But the youngest child, a little boy, did not seem to be fit for hard work. He was very clever. Cleverer than all his brothers and sisters, but he was quite weak and small, and people said he could never grow very big. So his parents thought it would be better for him to become a priest than to become a farmer. They took him with them to the village temple one day and asked the good old priest who lived there if he would have their little boy for his acolyte and teach him all that a priest ought to know. The old man spoke kindly to the lad and asked him some hard questions. So clever were the answers that the priest agreed to take the little fellow into the temple as an acolyte and educate him for the priesthood. The boy learned quickly what the old priest taught him and was very obedient in most things. But he had one fault. He liked to draw cats during study hours and to draw cats even where cats ought not to have been drawn on at all. Whenever he found himself alone, he drew cats. He drew them on the margins of the priest books, 
and on all the screens of the temples and on the walls and on the pillars. Several times the priest told him that was not right, but he did not stop drawing cats. He drew them because he could not really help it. He had what is called the genius of an artist. And just for that reason, he was not quite fit to be an acolyte. A good acolyte should study books. One day, after he had drawn some very clever pictures of cats upon a paper screen, the old priest said to him severely, My boy, you must go away from this temple at once. You will never make a good priest. But perhaps you'll become a great artist. Now, let me give you a last piece of advice, and be sure to never forget it. Avoid large places at night. Keep to small. The boy did not know what the priest meant by saying, avoid large places, keep to small. He thought and thought while he was tying up his little bundle of clothes to go away, but he could not understand those words, and he was afraid to speak to the priest anymore, except to say goodbye. He left the temple very sorrowfully and began to wonder what he should do. If he went straight home, he felt sure his father would punish him for having been disobedient to the priest, so he was afraid to go home. All at once, he remembered the next village, 12 miles away. There was a very big temple. He had heard there were several priests at the temple, and he made up his mind to go to them and ask them to take him for their acolyte. Now, that big temple was closed up, but the boy did not know this fact. The reason it had been closed up was that a goblin had frightened the priests away and had taken possession of the place. Some brave warriors had afterward gone to the temple at night to kill the goblin, but they had never been seen alive again. Nobody had ever told these things to the boy, so he walked all the way to the village, hoping to be kindly treated by the priests. When he got to the village, it was already dark, and all the people were in bed, but he saw the big temple on a hill at the other end of the principal street, and he saw that there was a light in the temple. People who tell the story say that the goblin used to make the light in order to tempt lovely travelers to ask for shelter. The boy went at once to the temple and knocked. There was no sound inside. He knocked and knocked again, but still nobody came. At last, he gently pushed at the door and was quite glad to find that it had not been fastened. So he went in and saw a lamp burning, but no priest. He thought some priest would be sure to come very soon, and he sat down and waited. Then he noticed that everything in the temple was gray with dust and thickly spun over with cobwebs. So he thought to himself, the priest would certainly like to have an acolyte to keep the place clean. He wondered why they allowed everything to get so dusty. What most pleased him, however, were some big white screens good to paint cats upon. Though he was tired, he looked at once for a writing box and found one, ground some ink, and began to paint cats. 
He painted a great many cats upon the screens, and then he began to feel very, very sleepy. He was just on the point of lying down to sleep beside one of the screens when he suddenly remembered the words, avoid large places, keep to small. The temple was very large, he was all alone, and as he thought of these words, though he could not quite understand them, he began to feel for the first time a little afraid. He resolved to look for a small place in which to sleep. He found a little cabinet with a sliding door, and he went into it and shut himself up. Then he lay down and fell fast asleep. Very late in the night, he was awakened by a most terrible noise. A noise of fighting and screaming. It was so dreadful that he was afraid even to look through the chink in the little cabinet. He lay very still, holding his breath for fright. The light that had been in the temple went out, but the awful sounds continued and became more awful, and the temple shook. After a long time, silence came. But the boy was still afraid to move. He did not move until the light of the morning shone through in the cabinet through the chinks of the little door. Then he got out of his hiding place very cautiously and looked about. The first thing he saw was that all the floor of the temple was covered with blood. And then he saw lying dead in the middle of it an enormous, monstrous rat, a goblin rat, bigger than a cow. But who or what could have killed it? There was no man or other creature to be seen. Suddenly, the boy observed that the mouths of all the cats he had drawn the night before were red and wet with blood. Then he knew that the goblin had been killed by the cats which he had drawn, and then also, for the first time, he understood why the wise old priest had said to him, avoid large places at night, keep to small. Afterward, that boy became a very famous artist. Some of the cats which he drew are still shown to travelers in Japan. Wittershins is created by Ashley Nunez of Old Growth Alchemy and folk musician Joe Saborin in the presence of their curious cat Django, a few too many half-drunk cups of tea, and far too many begrudgingly half-completed art projects. If you'd like to follow along Joe and his musical machinations, you can find him at Joe Saborin Music on Facebook and Instagram, or joesaborin.com. For more glimpses into the wild woods of story, botanical libations, and sensual ephemera, you can find me, Ashley, at Old Growth Alchemy on Facebook and Instagram or at oldgrowthalchemy.com. Or you can become patrons to us both on Patreon. Until next time, friends new and old, we'll be sure to keep the kettle on with a seat open for you by the fire. <laughs>